0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by RW Knudsen Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pacecase if you know me, and you do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep, and I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, I want the Bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland.
1: hmm
0: This This is is the Game
1: game of Roses. Welcome to the the Game game of of roses. Roses.
0: So next week, we'll all watch the most emotional finale in Bachelorette history. And it's gonna take place right here on this stage live. And we felt it was best to wait until both Rachel and Gabby and their men could be here to address all of the drama. And of course, we'll have a live studio audience and you will all bear witness to the crazy controversy that's about to ensue so take some time get yourselves ready and prepare yourselves for the most shocking finale of all time
1: welcome to game of roses this is pace case
0: this is bachelor clues and what did you just call this show Game of roses? Because tonight we saw zero of those. (laughs) This was a game of no roses. A game of bullshit.
1: The last thing Clue said to me before we started recording, these fucking piles of shit. (laughs) Game of no roses. What happened to the rose ceremony? Four hours of fantasy suites without a goddamn rose ceremony.
0: This is the second fucking rose ceremony we haven't seen in in the proper order. They fucking just eliminated one from the goddamn document. Now they do this. This is how they follow that up.
1: They had Gabby do a rose ceremony in her not ugly hotel room. Why didn't they let them just fucking do it outside that? Why didn't she get to do a rose ceremony outside? She should have just done it and picked Eric like Matt James did with Rachel Kirkconnell.
0: I agree with you or Clayton tried to do with Susie in the finals. I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) But they didn't do that. Before we
1: get into it, I have one very big piece of business to announce. Clues told me that he was starting his third podcast. He's got Game of Roses, Doodsy, and The Necessary Conversation. And that was the kicking my butt I needed to start my second podcast, my other passion project. It was I got thankfully I got this wake-up call. I need to expand the Gorniverse. And my newest offering is an HBO Game of Thrones House of the Dragon recap podcast called HBO Lax. I am hosting with former Gore Girl Catherine Dudas, noted film director. She has her first film she directed is an amazing movie called Juniper, which is out on Showtime as well. So things, things in the Dudas world are really looking up. And she's starting this podcast with me to talk about House of the Dragon, the new Game of Thrones prequel show. So subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts. Give us five stars.
0: I have already given five stars. I have left a review because I have heard the episode. And let me just tell you,
1: Thank you, Clues.
0: As the guy with the dragon tattoo. That's right. I got a dragon tattoo when I was 18. Still have it. (laughs) And as the guy with the dragon tattoo, (laughs) I'm obligated to consume all dragon media. So I have listened to your podcast and I loved it. I think you guys are hilarious. And I feel very similarly to you guys in many ways about many elements of the program that you're recapping and breaking down. But I absolutely loved it.
1: Great. You agree with our horniest moment. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, there's so, I mean, you guys kind of touched on it with when the king is dating the little kid uh, in there. Yeah. There's some real weird in quotes moments that are meant to be horny or something. It's bizarre. But uh, that may be where I, I disagreed with you. But your podcast is fantastic. And I encourage everybody to check it out.
1: Thanks so much, Clues.
0: It's my pleasure. But now we must move on. We must do what we came here to do. We must break down episode 9 and 10, two full episodes of six fantasy suites or four and a half fantasy suites if you count the ones that ended early. I don't know how you want to do the math of it. A thousand knock-knocks. A thousand <laughs> knock-knocks, but we're going to break it all down for you right now. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present... Analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. I just wanted to say, at the very top, this season to me was like ordering from a new place on Postmates. You're like, this could be good. I'll check it out. So you order something and the food gets there and it's <laughs> fucking terrible, but you're starving, so you just eat the fucking food and you keep telling yourself, next time... I'll get something I know I like next time. I'm not going to try a nude place. Old faithful. That's right. That's what the season was. Two leads. Let's see how it goes. It's it didn't work, but it's producing some of these strange things out of it. Like, all of these rose ceremonies that we're missing, these weird knock-knocks tonight. This fantasy suite round was fascinating from a, a wide array of angles because it, things have happened that we've never seen before in the game.
1: Yeah, the women have had half the time with the people and can't get anyone to propose.
0: <laughs> but they haven't had half the time. I mean, that's the thing. We've seen only half the time, but in reality, they both have had a simultaneous Bachelorette experience. It's just in the re-watching of it that it's different.
1: I don't know. There are times when they're filming the other person's date that they could have been filming their date.
0: You don't think they did it simultaneously? Like
1: when they get two one-on-ones in a week and a group date. Yeah, because they only have one like primary camera crew to focus. So that's why we were seeing each of them get one one-on-one date.
0: What the fuck? I think, are you right yeah. about this? So they did get less time.
1: I mean, look, Tasha and Claire both got... Less time as well than a standard season, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Anyway, let's get into the show. We're not even fucking talking about the show yet. Here we go. The promo. So, and we're going to try to do this in a, a little bit of a streamlined way since there's so much to get through. So we're going to cut out a lot of the usual little minuscule detail like what's in the intro and shit. <laughs> So let's just go to the first portion here. We find out they're in Mexico, this tropical paradise. Gabby and Rachel meet for this fucking girl talk. This starts episode nine, where they sit down in a little palapa. They got some champagne. And this is, in my opinion, this entire scene is literally written by producers word for word. I think they were doing takes where they were saying, say this sentence. Oh, let's retake that. I think this was acted at a an extreme level, maybe more than we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it certainly didn't feel like a natural conversation between two best friends forever. And they are doing something that I thought we had seen the last of this season. I really thought, like, maybe this is something they'll focus on night one and maybe a couple hints throughout, but not again. And that is shitting on Clayton. We get another Clayton Eckerd villain edit, the previous Bachelor. And I mean, I, they're trying to tie it to, it's Fantasy Suites Week. This is where we got fucked over because of the use of the sacred word love and the use of the sacred sentence. We made love to multiple people, etc. Unreal. And I couldn't believe my eyes.
0: I half expected the tag of these episodes to be the scenes from the rose ceremony from hell where Clayton is making them both cry. It was unfucking believable <laughs> just out of the gate. They're like, remember when Clayton fucking really victimized us? Well, that is about to happen except we're on the other end. So we've got to be careful not to do it. But then of course they're going to do it.
1: Like why bring it up when they're going to do the exact same thing? I don't understand that.
0: I think the producers are thinking to themselves they could potentially villainize them. And we see at the end of the second episode, I believe, Rekia got a villain at it. Oh, for sure. I think that's what the producers are literally trying to do. It is, they tear down the leads now. They find some way to make them look like shit. That's like part of it. That's part of what your game is as the lead is to like avoid that if you can. Because it seems like now they're going to try it on fucking anyone. Even in this season where they had two fucking bachelorettes. They're like, fuck it. Let's flip the script. The shall cross 180. We'll get to that. Patented move by Zach Shallcross at the end of episode. The Shall Cross
1: 180.
0: <laughs> we
1: shall not cross, Shall Cross.
0: And then we see uh they also use this initial conversation to set up who's left and where each of these guys are in the love level race.
1: Okay, look, it's not minutia. Haven is getting the first fantasy suite and there are two ladders in his hot tub.
0: Well, it's not the last ladder. We also saw one tonight. DLP. There was one sitting right behind his fucking head. Well,
1: yeah, that's why I didn't give my award. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I'm not calling attention to things that aren't getting my award.
0: So let's move on. Portion two. The the main thing that happened in portion one was that weird conversation portion portion two. We get our first uh, fantasy suite. It's going to go to Gabby. It's going to be Eric. In the day, we re-hit the PTC, Eric's PTC about his dad. We uh, see a hooju here. Not good. Laughing the entire time. There's no ankle lock. Sloppy dismount. Broken physical contact almost immediately. Did have a decent amount of kisses. But uh, all these hoojus in this fantasy suite, by the way, are shot pretty poorly. We get like close crop yeah. shots. We can't tell really what's going on. At any rate. And I'm like, I won't get to the minutiae either. But let me talk about this fucking hooju and the shot that these producers...
1: Well, made. we spend 20 minutes on Gabby's IFI. She has this fear of jumping that she doesn't want to jump for the highest thing on into this cenote. Mm-hmm. Cenote? Cenote? Yeah. And she gets a black box on her bikini bottom. Everything. Like, why is Gabby getting black boxed? Give her the Jojo Fletcher treatment. Photoshop a bikini onto her bare ass.
0: I thought the same thing, and I wondered if it potentially was a fool edit. I don't think it was. I think it was maybe just the editors of the show this season specifically are overburdened, and it's just a a matter of like, fuck it. I don't have time to go in and paint every goddamn frame or put a mask on or whatever. I'm just going to black box this shit.
1: Yeah, well, they jump in... Eric is doing tear play when they recap their hometowns and Gabby ends this scene saying, I just want to crawl inside you.
0: Makes sense. Then they go to the night portion. They're sitting on a couch with a charcuterie board. This is seemingly not a formal dinner. And this same setting is the, the place for a couple other night portions of a date. Um, after this one, pretty perfect day date by Eric here though. It was a, uh, You know, recounting of his PTC and setting up where they are. And then as they are sitting there in the night portion, he recaps the hometown and how great it went. That is a main theme of all these fantasy suite dates as well. They kind of talk about, did the parents like you or not? And you could see them as family. He explains that his family is obsessed with Gabby and she says she's obsessed with them too. So everything's going great, mutual <laughs> obsession. And then Gabby, Gabby recaps her parental PTCs about her parents being separated and uh, she had to grow up fast and doesn't really have a relationship with her mom as a result. But she looks at Eric's family and sees how nice it is to be part of a whole. So all of this is coming together nicely. Eric calls her a beautiful person and then he reminds us that last week he was at LL3 And watching her leave was so hard. So he spent the time between just thinking about the relationship. And now he's fully in love. LL4. (laughs) He does not want to leave here without her. And he he gets an array of kisses from this LL4 play. High level play here by Eric.
1: He gets this love level four. She gives him the fantasy sweet card in exchange for going to this level and now they go to the fantasy suite they have a hot tub and there is an implied con why am i consumption
0: consummation
1: (laughs) there is an implied consummation
0: (laughs) it's it's important to note the type of implied consummation there's many types there's a curtain closing. There's clothing on the floor. Minutia. Minutia alarm. Hey, minutia is it's required here because it's important, minutia. Don't call the minutia alarm on me. Just saying. Fine, I'll take go, it. Go, minutia go. Minutia alarm. I'll take it. There's many kinds of implied consummations that the producers have used over the years. Light turning off is a very classic one, but sometimes you'll have curtains closing, uh, clothing on the floor. We saw a very good one tonight, which we will get to later.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. The season is an absolute disaster, but one, I think I know what shot you're talking about, and it was absolutely bananas. Portion four begins. It is the next wait, morning. There are shoes on the wait.
0: floor. Wait, you're skipping ooh, over. Ooh. This is not a minutiae alarm either. This You do these too, and this is important. The casting commercial came on between portion four, three and four. Ready to move on from that friend with benefits who works in the comic book store? Call us. Sign up for the fucking Bachelor. So what? Yeah, you didn't see this one.
1: No, I missed it. It
0: was saying like the friend with benefits, friends
1: with benefit, who works in the comic book comic book store. Yeah, this is another eighties reference. Your friends with benefits a nerd. Get a friends with benefit who is an influencer instead.
0: <laughs> a weird insult to comic books, which by the way, Disney, who is ABC's parent company, owns a little IP called. The Marvel Universe, I think, it has done well for them. It's, like, weird to even insult comic books, I feel like. It's such an antiquated idea. Portion four.
1: We get the next morning, <laughs> portion four. There are shoes on the oh floor, another God. implied C, and what? they come downstairs in PJs. Eric is rocking another deep V, and they cook together, and Eric ITMs, it was a crazy off-camera experience.
0: That cooking together, though, that is something the producers put in there. Minutia alarm me. I don't give a fuck. This is important. I'm not. <laughs> I love minutia alarm. It's going off in my head every time I think of this shit. Now I'm I'm doing my own minutia alarm on myself psychologically.
1: A minutia alarm is a frontal cortex.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hear it. Um. Anyway whenever they have these things where the the player and the lead are pulling out like bowls of diced ham and diced green mm-hmm. peppers and shit, the producers have put that in there and told them, now you guys cook breakfast yeah. together. These are not, nothing that happens in the post-fantasy suite. Like as soon as a camera's on you, it's 100% produced.
1: Right. They kiss on the balcony and he's like, ITM, he's not super jealous, but it's going to hurt. Gabby says, do you know how I feel? This was so sad. He's like, confused. Gabby's like, you think I'm confused? Eric's like, I'm confused. And then they kiss. What is the communication happening here? And he starts this runner. He's like, of course, I'm going to go cry in the shower, which I I thought was really funny for Eric that he starts this thing where he's joking about that. And... Gabby loads love level four for Eric. I really think I am in love with him. But I want to just tell one person, save it for the right moment. They finally say goodbye. They nuzzle. Four kisses. Uh, And he says he's taking her advice. He's not going to cry in the shower anymore. And she feels like she's going to throw up. Portion five, we get Rachel Reckia's first fantasy sweet day portion. Avan. Tino sets up the storyline in his ITM. And by the way, why are we seeing Tino two seconds into Avon's day portion.
0: Yeah. That this for me was where Tino really started to fucking shine. It was in the yeah. cut. You're starting Avon's fucking fantasy suite day. And the first part of Avon's fantasy suite day is a shot of Tino looking off the fucking balcony, talking about what's coming up. He stole yeah. Avon's screen time with whatever he had set up coming into fantasy suites. Brilliant move here. And it pays off in the cut.
1: Poor Avon, they are just englazing Avon so much here. He's barely getting any screen time, and his portions are all interrupted with Tino worried about it.
0: His game is 2 4 TRR. Yeah. He's playing a straight 4 TRR game, and that can get you far, but it's not going to get you screen time in the fucking playoffs. You got to step it up. You got to be doing shit that makes the producers want to put you in the show. I don't think Avon's doing it. He's playing just a straight, like, I really like you, for trr yeah. That's that. And, I mean, that's fine. Maybe they wind up together. I hope they have a beautiful relationship and are in love and all of that. And if that's what you want, fine. That may be a good ring play. But if you want Bachelor, you got to make yeah. a move in the playoffs. You got to. And some people are doing it.
1: Avon doesn't even hoo you here. She is wearing a dress, but we will see later that that doesn't stop her, necessarily. They go on a yacht. And they cheers. They're building on their relationship. They already have. And we are getting another Clayton villain edit. Rachel Recchio's ITM. I didn't say it back when he love level three. The love word is a really big word used by Clayton carelessly. And they're making out.
0: There he is again. Clayton just gets kicked in the fucking balls again by this
1: show. Yeah. Every- Boom. Yeah, like- Gotta click- kick Clayton on the way out.
0: <laughs> Every three or four fucking portions, there's just something in there.
1: Back at the house, Jesse performs a knock-knock on Tino and he says, good to see you back stateside. And I'm like, I thought they were in Mexico. I don't know. Do you say stateside for Mexico? Hmm. Interesting.
0: Interesting. Hmm. But this is another example of how Tino is taking time away from Avon. This is happening during Avon's... Uh, fantasy suite, we're cutting to fucking Tino having a conversation mm-hmm. with DLB. Well,
1: they got rid of, notably, they got rid of the panic attack room this week where they would put all the remaining guys in the same hotel suite. So maybe they're making some attempt towards emotional, not emotionally wrecking the players. Maybe they just want to wreck the leads now. I don't know what caused this decision.
0: I think it was this. This seems logical to me, which maybe shouldn't be applied to the producers of this television program, but... If you had three guys left, it's believable that you could get, like, put them in one suite and there's some viability that it's like, yeah, we just all got them sweet at this thing. But if you have two teams of them and it's like, it's team Reccia's guys in one room and team Wendy's guys in another room, then it's very clear that you're torturing them because why, if it had to be three and three, why couldn't you have mixed it up and then taken the pressure off? You know what I mean? Uh, and, and then the other option is all six of them in one room, which probably would have seemed insane.
1: I would have liked that. Me too. Throw another wild card in there. More importantly than any of this, there is a double ladder coming out of the back of DLP's head in this scene and these <laughs> this dynamic duo of ladders were my ladder of the week.
0: <laughs> you turned your minutiae into an award.
1: <laughs> yep. That's it becomes not minutia when there is an award. Tino is starting up a metaphor. He uses in several speeches throughout the episode that not getting the date card or whatever is nails on a chalkboard, trying his patience. It's not going to make any sense to anyone. Well, except you. DLP is like, I get
0: it. He gets it because this is all designed. I don't, I mean, I'll just say this, whatever Tino is doing, I think is fantastic gameplay. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. there's some piece of me that's like, this is all straight gameplay. Oh, yeah. There's some piece of me that thinks it's 100% strategy. And goddamn, if that's true, Hmm. one of the greatest male players we've ever seen.
1: Look, we already know he studied Tyler Cameron. He has said several things throughout that are very game speech. He has used the word portion. Not that that means anything. But anyway, DLP is asking about hometowns from Tino. Again, during Avon's date, they are doing him so dirty. We cut back to Avon just to check in. They talk about hometowns. His parents' glows about how happy he looked. Rachel Reckia loves that they would accept him. Uh, He says, yeah, my mom and dad love you. Too much of that. We cut back to DLP and Tino. (laughs) (laughs) And Tino is talking about his dad being skeptical. If I wasn't so sure she's future Mrs. Whatever for me, it would be easy to walk away. I like that he doesn't assume she would take his name here.
0: He's not getting a Bachelor Nation podcast.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Roasted. Cheers. Well, Shawcross does say Mrs. Shawcross at one point. So I was like, you can easily compare it. Anyway, even says, I said I was falling in love with you and I meant it. He's hitting his love level three again. Got back to Tino and DLP. Uh Well, I knew I was love level three for a week since Bruges, back on the boat, Ava and Rachel, Titanic, and we get another Tino ITM. It's mind-boggling me. She's not sure. I certainly don't need to sleep with anybody else. I thought they were doing him dirty with this line. I feel like they, it could have been out of context of like, do you feel like you need to sleep with anyone else? in order to get engaged or something like that. I don't know. And they intercut with them making out.
0: Yeah, exactly. That it, it was trying to ratchet up the drama in what Tino was saying about like, I don't know if she mm-hmm. could be doing this with somebody else, then how am I going to love her? Maybe that'll come back as something later that Tino's going to play against her. Yeah. Who knows? But I wrote at the end of this portion, Tino just literally stole half of Avon's screen time. Just stole it. That is such a fucking power play. That is so hard to do, especially in a context of something like this where they have to service fucking so many fantasy suites and you just stole half of another player's screen time. Massive success here, in my opinion.
1: Rekia ITMs that hometown, she knew she was love level three for Aid AVEN. Again, she blames Clayton for being blindsided. I'm Ugh. still not seeing how anything that is going on with either Gabby or Rachel is different from that and journey amazing journey we're growing rachel says i would never be in this position unless i genuinely saw life outside with you can you see yourself getting engaged in two weeks we get to the pre-cog convos even says i definitely can falling in love with you definitely see my life outside of this and an engagement came here in a really good mental space and prepared for that i thought this might be a little subtle play of like "Mm, who who uh, what are the mental spaces of others And we get Rachel saying when I heard you were love level three in Salem, I was nervous to say anything back because on my last journey, that word was really carelessly thrown around.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Roasted again. I put my note on this was she explained she was nervous to reciprocate the LL three because Clayton was a piece of shit. (laughs) That was my note.
1: (laughs) Well, she reciprocates it right after this. And... (laughs) Love Level 3's Avon. I am falling in love with you. Right. gives him the card, an absolute yes for Avon, of course, and they get fireworks for that Love Level 3. They go to the fantasy suite, make out, and we see more fireworks to imply consummation as well as some very implied consummation later.
0: Were all of these hotel rooms, all the fantasy suites, the same room? They all looked extremely similar to me.
1: Oh, I have
0: no idea. <laughs>
1: I don't think so.
0: I don't know. I'd be curious. They didn't ever look different to me. They looked exactly the same. Some of them had to have been. Or at least like the same, you know, layout, the same floor plan.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's probably the same hotel, at least.
0: I think it's the same room. Prove me wrong.
1: Portion seven, we get the morning portion of Avon's date. There are shoes strewn.
0: You missed another casting commercial.
1: Damn it, I love the casting commercials.
0: There was one between six and seven. What was it? Uh, looking for a guy who will take out the trash and clean the litter box? Go to abc.com apply for The Bachelor.
1: <gasps> a cat one, yes.
0: That's basically for every lady who has a cat.
1: I love to figure out what uh, the uh, powers that be think of bachelor nation via these casting cards they are cat drunk cat lovers who are side pieces and (laughs) fucking comic book people
0: i should start memeing these maybe i might do that
1: i can't believe you haven't
0: (laughs) i just don't have fucking time but maybe maybe i'll get to it
1: shoes are strewn about There is an implied consummation here, and there's an even more implied consummation in Rachel as ITM. Avon is the full package. Giggling.
0: I didn't understand what she meant by that.
1: I think she meant he has a big dick.
0: That is what she meant, I think, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, you really did know. You just wanted me to say that.
0: I really did know. They do this, especially on Bachelorette. They uh will usually give one player some kind of, like, sexual prowess identity. They did it with Pilot Pete in Hannah Brown's season 15. that He fucked in the windmill four times. That's, like, usually a part of it. Although you don't quite see it on Bachelors. About the women, you mean? No, about the Bachelor.
1: That he banged in... I feel like him banging in the windmill four times was brought up on his Bachelor season, though.
0: Oh, that's true. You're right. God.
1: I know. Such a good one. And... (laughs) 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 <laughs>
0: minutia minutia <laughs> minutia this is like i'm reminiscing it's nostalgia
1: oh even says they only slept for 20 minutes yeah classic full package line and rachel Recchia says i'm so excited we spent the night together took it to another level i'm love level three he says i'm love level three deeper and they hold hands walk a bridge and then rachel says don't forget i'm love level three and he says i'm in love with you too I don't know if this was a slip of the tongue, but he Love Level 4'd her.
0: Yeah, it sounded like it to me as well.
1: Cut back to shirtless Tino in bed right after that Love Level (laughs) 4. And he says he was ready to pull his hair out. I'm Love Level 3, and then I have to wait while the other guys are trying to entertain her. So he's still talking about the other guys as like his competition.
0: And then we go to Rachel's Fantasy Suite 2. During the day, we see a shot of a lizard, I think an iguana, and this lizard does not strut his stuff, instead he licks his lips, and this serpent savoring the suffering that is about to occur was my... creature of the week (laughs) i love anytime we get a serpent horses will usually usurp the award for me uh squirrels will but this fucking serpent licking his lips tongue sticking out this is a direct reference to dark lord harrison who is not there the serpent is a satanic figure licking his lips drinking in the souls of all that suffer.
1: See, I thought this was a bearded dragon sticking his tongue out as an homage to and Adorn, the oh. tongue face player.
0: I'll go with that. The face god.
1: Uh, Tino and Rachel Recchiet do a Huju.
0: Y- Any minutiae you want to put on? They slow walk into a Huju. No approach. We don't get mount footage. The cling, maybe it's okay. Looks to have gotten double ankle lock, but we get almost no footage again. And the dismount is abysmal. One foot literally lingers around his body while the other one comes to the ground for a second, maybe half a second. It's terrible.
1: We see two cre- two creatures, their horses. They pet them. I think about Blanco and they get on these horses and they are giving Tino this fool edit that he's not good on horses, even though Rachel Recchia keeps pointing out that he was wearing a cowboy hat in a picture in his familial home.
0: When he was like three years old.
1: This is why you need to do The prep on your familial home, hometowns, anything that they see can be used against
0: you. I thought, I don't want to go all the way to Conspiracy Town, but I did think maybe they gave Tino a horse that was mean on purpose. Oh,
1: I thought the same exact thing. Oh. No Conspiracy Town needed.
0: (laughs) It's just Truth Town. (laughs) Well, they come to what looks like the exact same cenote where Gabby just had her fantasy suite. And uh, they sit on some rocks. They have a little picnic. They sit down. They recap the hometowns. Ricky reminds us that he loved Level 3. And she was glad that he loved Level 3. And he asks her if anything's on her mind. And she comes clean about the parents not liking her. That this is giving her anxiety. He tells her that their relationship is all he cares about. And not to what-if herself into a bad place. And then he ITMs, hoping that he can make her feel comfortable in the night portion. And they jump in the water. They kiss. And she ITMs that she wants to have a conversation about his parents during the night portion. And if they can't solve the parental issue, she can't move forward. She's literally giving us the narrative wall here. This must come down or it is over for Tino. That night, they walk under these light globes that we've seen a million times already and is ITMing being in her head about Tino and his parents making her scared to move forward. They come to an actual dinner setup and Rekia says she wants to talk about the hometown. She feels like his parents didn't like her, specifically Tino's dad. We all saw that. We all remember it. She is correct. And she wants to know how they could get past the family not approving and she reveals to Tino uh, that his dad told her, "I won't disown Tino if he gets engaged, but we won't accept the engagement." This is news to Tino. He is wiping sweat from his head with multiple towels. It's just coming down.
1: They brought in extra sweat from looking to.
0: Yeah, I was like, it is pouring. They they hid like a hot water bottle under his chair or something. Like they had, it was crazy how much this man is sweating. And so Tina tells Rekia that uh, his dad doesn't understand him in relationships, and his parents are just skeptical of the show, basically, the process. And he says that my parents. Uh, No, he wouldn't be there if he didn't see her as the future. She presses him. Are you just saying this, or do you really want this to be real? He goes on to say his parents will get on board, and he can't go home without her, and they'll love you because eventually they'll see the woman I see. He compliments every aspect of Rekia, and then drops the hammer. Love level four. I love you, Rachel. I'm in love with you. This is a back-to-back love level four in both of the classic iterations of the language, the plain I love you and the slightly more elevated I'm in love with you, to leave no doubt that he means romantic love and that he has reached the final phase of the love level game here. Very well played, I thought.
1: While it is a similar pattern that we saw to his end of his meeting of the family portion during Hometowns of confronting this familial wall conversation with a love level raise. Tino raising his love level to love level four, including this precog full of complos, was my play, 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 play of the game. Extraordinary, he extracts a love level four from Rachel Recchia herself, getting her to say the sacred word that she's been throwing around, saying that Clayton threw it around too much. I mean, I didn't expect Recchia to love level four at this point. So getting to that point with the lead, getting, it's basically like you're getting that on paper. You love level four. And now Tino has the receipts. Whatever happens next.
0: I cannot agree with ye more. He uses love level four and his three, as you said, to defend against the thing that is giving him the most threat, his fucking family. Each time they threatened to knock him out of the game, he was like, oh, no, no, no. Love level three. I still have here. I'm playing that now. Works perfectly. And now here it comes again. What about your parents? We're getting down here. Can you really propose? Will they get on board? Uh, No, 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 no. Love level four. Defend. Perfectly fucking used. Perfectly fucking played. It was not my play of the game. Something happens a little bit later that to me usurped it. But this was up until something happened in the next episode. This was my gonna be my play of the game. This was brilliantly done.
1: Absolutely extraordinary. We believe because there is a ladder there, maybe there's an implied consummation here, but we don't get a morning portion to this date, which I thought was interesting.
0: They use the light going out as the consummation shot on this fantasy suite. Oh, thank you. My pleasure, minutia alarm.
1: Minutia uh, field reporter on it.
0: I've got some late-breaking minutiae. They use a the light-going-out <laughs> shot at the end of portion eight to imply consummation between Rachel Recchia and Tino. Portion nine begins. Tino gets no morning portion, like you're saying. We switch directly to Gabby. We see her second fantasy suite with Johnny. They are walking on the beach. Johnny jogs up to her, jogs up to her and pulls her into another shitty hooju. One-handed... Yeah, but it's like the anchor can't pull you up. That's not a hooju. I
1: I just thought it was an interesting flair for Johnny that he did a one-handed hooju.
0: Yeah, I mean the guys this season, I think the anchors did better anchoring than uh, Rekia and Wendy did hooju's. They were more active in them than I've ever seen anchors have to be.
1: They go on a boat. Johnny says I used to have a hobby cat. Gabby's like like a hamster. Again, Gabby seems to be having conversations with her players that neither of them are in the same room. And he calls her the dopest girl he's ever hung out with in his ITMs. So clearly he's going to precog shortly. They talk about how they've seen so much of the world together. And they get off the boat and they go to this picnic on the beach. And Johnny says... It was a quick process, but I'm so into you. The end result scares me. I didn't know I'd be falling in love with you. Hits that love level three. Gabby says, I am ready to be engaged. He says, it's a hard thing to think about. A battle in my head. You deserve everything. You should get everything you want. It's a hard thing to decide. I can't see myself falling in love. Love level two. and But if I'm not 100%, I don't want to drag you through that. And Johnny's refusal to precog in the day portion of the fantasy suite was my Error, 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 error of the game. You're not going to win. Anyway, Donnie, just say you're going to propose.
0: I 100% agree.
1: I don't know. It's just love level two at this point.
0: I completely agree with you. Johnny's inability to even feign interest in the process of our beloved game for even one more moment. Once you've made it that far to Fantasy Suites, it was also my. Error, 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 error of the ga- game. What in the fuck is this? You made it to the second round of playoffs, dude. You can't just casually now be like, oh, sorry, bro. It was chill getting to know you. Super dope, but I got to bounce. You can't. You can't <laughs> Super do <dope>. that. <laughs> oh, God, Johnny. Yeah, it was very hard to watch this Johnny date for me. The
1: Yeah, you flew to Mexico, Johnny. Why did you fly to Mexico to not play it?
0: But then we go to portion 10. Gabby walks alone in her frustration. She comes back to Johnny and asks him to be honest with himself and her. And he says she's exactly the person that he'd want to fall in love with and be his person forever but he doesn't know if he can get to an engagement in a week. And this is this idea that you're now saying the process is shit. I can't do it in this amount of time. Well, that's the show. That's the game you're playing. So just that's like uh, getting signed to a major league baseball team. And then when they're like, okay, your turn to go to the uh, plate, you're at bat go like, Oh no, I don't swing baseball bats. What?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Wait, you want me to hit it? No. I have strong feelings towards Gabby. Love level one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just a disaster for Johnny here. He basically saying it's nothing to do with her. It's the speed of the process. He doesn't know if he can commit. He's not ready. And then she says it was a different in a different time for both of them. It could be great. He says she's a great person. She get everything she wants. This kind of amicable breakup happens. And he he then tries to like get some sympathy. He ITM's numbness and being upset. And he would love to give her what she needs, but he doesn't think he could do it in the next week. And Gabby itms feeling a punch in the gut. Her fears made real. She falls for a person who can't give her what she needs. Bunch of tear play here. And she sails away and leaves him on the beach. I believe none of this. I don't think Jason ever stood a chance. Uh, I believe this is all acting. Sorry, Johnny. I mean, that's the season, isn't it? We don't know if it's Jason, Johnny. We don't know who the fuck we're even talking about. We
1: already saw him in the Paradise promos. They spoiled their own show once again with Johnny being on the beach. So I'm like, maybe there's a Paradise deal here. Hey, if you break up before the Fantasy Suite so that we don't have to book another one. We'll just leave you here for sand. But we see Gabby pu- produces tears. And then we see the scene between Dark Lord Palmer and Jason. And Dark Lord Palmer's like, Are you, you, you don't feel ready to get engaged? Do you think you could get there? And Jason says, I'm taking it day by day. Two weeks, it's hard to see that. So we're setting up this, again, a victimization storyline for Gabby that she wants these men to precog and no one is. Portion Ted, Gabby is journaling knock knock it's a card I need to see you I'll be waiting on the bridge clearly a producer wrote this and they're just like let's add more drama to telling her to go to this knock knock
0: wait you really think a producer wrote this
1: like Andrew Spencer
0: you don't think that Eric wrote that and didn't sign his name on it and just slipped it under her door (laughs) you don't think that he did that and then went and waited on this fucking bridge come on (laughs) (laughs) and you know as soon as you see the fucking card you're like oh fuck whoever's on the other end of this the producers are just like trying to wreck they're trying to fuck with them if you're in a good spot this goes for every player if you're in a good spot after your fantasy suite that's it you don't see them again until the fucking rose ceremony. Because it's never going to be good. You're going to get fucking Kayla Quinn or something. It means the producers don't have enough fucking drama. So they're sending you in to see if some shit can get stirred up. That is all they're doing mm. here. And this motherfucker fell for it. If they come to you and they're like, hey, we want you to go have an extra fucking talk with her on the, the bridge. You say, can't. Got the shits. You do whatever you gotta do. You shit all over your room until <laughs> yeah. they can let you stay. When they ask for evidence, you show them.
1: I'm not gonna stop shitting until it's rose ceremony. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the rose is not for four days. That's right. Keep the quesadillas coming.
1: Yeah, the letter was almost my wowie, but obviously I have a different
0: one. <laughs> obviously, yeah. Um. So anyway... Gabby gets this card. Uh, she goes out and finds Eric here. He's, he's on the bridge. And this is, uh they're, they're kissing. And he's like, I got nothing to tell you, really. I just wanted to see you. <laughs> so you know now the producers have promised him, just, it'll be a fun thing. You go, you get to see her and rekindle your connection. You know, if you want to, whatever you guys talked about, In uh, the fantasy suite that we, of course, don't know what you say because there obviously weren't cameras or microphones in that room. We were not listening to every word you said. That's for sure. So we can't ask you this, but we're going to anyway. Maybe you just re-talk to her about what you said in there because that was really good and we want to get it on camera. And so he goes in. Good soldier. Doesn't even know he's getting manipulated here. How about
1: you uh, remind her how you feel like she's cheating on you?
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: we're not going to send her a riddle, a nameless (laughs) riddle, and not tell her who she's meeting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this was a, a big error. I I didn't I gave it to Johnny because it knocked him out with nothing. He had like he wasn't leaving the fucking game and we're being like, "Oh, what's going to happen to that guy?" No one gives a shit. Here I thought this was just a bad misstep. You got to learn to read the third audience better and know how to avoid these fucking traps cuz they try to set them for everyone at this level. If you're in the playoffs, traps are coming at you. Always. You got to be ready. And this one, he fucking walked right into it.
1: Yeah. And if you see that there is no panic attack room, you best believe they're going to make up for it in some other way, which is what they do with this bridge conversation. It does not go well. Gabby feels like she's defending herself. He's like, I don't want to have an ultimatum, but I do want to tell you that this week is hurting me. And she at him, she feels like he was testing her. That's not something you do to someone you love. Maybe he's not going to be my guy. Maybe my person isn't even here. And Gabby tells him, I feel like I have walls and barriers. She walks away from him to be continued.
0: But also the idea of like having sex with multiple players. There's no mention of Clayton here. This is what Gabby Windy is now, you know, supposedly doing. That's the conceit of this argument being had is that now Eric doesn't like that he's having sex with multiple players, or that she is, sorry. But that's exactly what Clayton did as well, and he was vilified for it.
1: Is it that, that he told them that he was having sex with all of them? Like, I don't know. I,
0: yeah, I don't either. There just seems to be a very weird, like, they shit on everything Clayton did during this round of that game. But, like, many of the same things, or at least in the ballpark of what he did, are being done.
1: By the way, the tag of this episode is the lizard who is eating... Gabby and Rachel's food during the blooper that we already saw in Mental Law. Another big fuck you. You're watching this show, still fuck you.
0: Yeah, that is basically it. (laughs) Tired of watching this show? Apply to be on it. It's like, ah, it drives me fucking insane. All right, episode 10. This is round two now. So we come back in.
1: Episode two, Fantasy Suites part two. Episode
0: ten. We come back in and we basically pick up where we left off with Zach on the bridge, uh, with Gabby, Eric. Oh my god, my <laughs> nose! They are all the same fucking guy to me. I'm sorry, <laughs> Eric on the bridge. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! And he itms, you know, oh I fucked up. Gabby comes back to him. They hug it out. Everything seems okay. He says he's in love with her and he's terrified of losing her. He says he's fucked up and he was he. It was supposed to be a nice moment, but he screwed everything up. And she explains that she's worked her ass off to be there and to not have questions of, um, to not have her good decisions be questioned. And he blames it on his insecurity, apologizes again. They hug and it seems like she's forgiving him here. And, uh, they, they just keep on this forever. There's nothing here. There's no new information given to us for the first five to six minutes of this episode. It's just them on the bridge. Like, okay, I guess we're support for today's episode comes from one skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about OneSkin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the SkinSafe seal of approval.
1: You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com/slash gameofroses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash game of roses
1: clues mm-hmm. I've been on a mission I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt yeah um, because it's spring I'm ready to get out there I'm ready to peacock luckily the perfect t-shirt does exist and you can find it at skims from cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees there's a style for everyone You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. We get the morning portion of Gabby's fantasy sweet date with Jason. And how does it begin? It begins with a rare white peacock Mm -hmm. strutting its stuff past a heart of red flowers that is completely unexplained. It would have been a great location for the rose ceremony for Gabby that we didn't effing see not that we even saw an actual rose ceremony and that's why this peacock that gets shown in a in a shot right after gabby's strolling shot was my (laughs) creature of the week i'm out of breath
0: that was a good creature and a good creature of the week (laughs) award announcement (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Gabby walks down this wooden walkway and does a hooju. No footage of it. And then she says, we're going to do something that she's really good at, but that he's probably never done before. And she takes him to a tennis court. The joke is he has, in fact, played tennis in college. Uh... Pretty funny. And then we see... Back at the hotel, we hear this kind of echoing, maniacal laughter as... Eric is pondering off the balcony. They're they're doing like this weird echoes are coming from Gabby and Zach. No, Gabby and what's this guy, Jason, playing tennis. (laughs) They're making it seem like uh, Eric pondering off the thing can hear them playing tennis. I don't think that's the case. They're making like an audio peeping Tom here.
1: Absolutely. He's not watching. They... They sound like it sounds like he's being haunted by their laughter. (laughs) And then there's a shot later where it makes it look like he's watching them in the pool.
0: Oh, my God. So we're back to the date. And after just cutting to this fucking shot of Eric for literally no fucking reason. And they, again, talk about how good the hometown was. That's a standard feature of most fantasy suite day dates as a recapping of how good or bad the hometown date was. Mm -hmm. And Gabby ITM loads a love level three. After today, I know it's going to work for us. Then we get another casting card.
1: Wait, before this, Gabby stuffs tennis balls in her clothes. Nah. I thought that was
0: an important moment. Okay, minutia alarm. Then we get a casting <laughs> thing in between. <laughs> you know he's never gonna break up with that other woman. I I've just wrote a bunch of exclamation marks after this. What the fuck is this <laughs> supposed to mean? <laughs> We know
1: you're the side chick, you fucking loser. Apply to be on The Bachelor and be the side chick. The side, 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 side chick.
0: I just don't understand this at all. It, it, Like, who's that appealing to? Are they trying to make it funny so that people apply to the show without sincerity? Or are they trying to literally acquire people in these situations? I don't know. It's very strange.
1: <laughs> I think they're trying to make it funny.
0: Right. Well, that's not working for them.
1: Or like make women re examine like who they're dating. They're definitely doing that. They're
0: Yeah, they're trying to break up relationships.
1: Yeah. Dump his ass.
0: I mean, they should really just be like, Are you interested in having two hundred and fifty thousand Instagram followers or more? That could totally happen on this show. Apply now, no matter who you're dating or not dating or married to. Totally. I mean
1: they'd probably get way more applicants. Absolutely. We get the night portion of Gabby's fantasy suite date with Jason. And he ITMs. He's going to tell her no precog. They cheers at dinner. And he says, I want to be fully honest and transparent. I'm into you. And when I'm having, I'm with you. I'm having some of the best days ever. I know the expectation of this for some people. He says, being engaged and fully in love. I don't think I'm fully there yet.
0: Also talks about how it's the uh, expectation of the show. He says at one point, "This is not real." It's been hard for me to feel at ease with cameras and microphones and stuff. They leave that in the game. This was another huge fucking error. He's basically blaming his inability to play the game on the game itself, just as Johnny did. I'm sorry, that's the game. You you have to pretend here, and he's just not doing it. And I don't know if he thinks this is a good move to like bail out of the game. I think a lot of players get to this point and they don't like they've never actually been serious about the ring. And they get to this point, and they're yeah. like, oh, fuck. Like this, The lead is serious about that, or seemingly. Yeah. Maybe because they've been through the process once they can act better. I don't know. But I think they get to that point where they're like, fuck. Th- am I really going to get engaged with this picked. person? This is- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so they start trumping up these weird, like, well, sorry. I didn't realize there were microphones around or cameras. <laughs> so I got to get out of here.
1: Oh, he also says, like, he feels like... He doesn't know her and she doesn't know him.
0: That's valid. They've spent like four hours together.
1: I know, but it's hurting. It's not praising the process. The process is you don't know each other and you've spent less than 24 hours total together before you get engaged.
0: This play that he's making and the play that Johnny made are fucking amateur hour. In the professional era, Like this should not be happening. And that's, again, why I'm saying, like, you never see something like this in fucking Bachelor. You would never see this in Bachelor in the playoffs.
1: I mean, we have to keep in mind, this is the top seven in a one lead season. It would be the top three. They would be playing better.
0: God, you're fucking right. That's another reason the whole fucking gameplay seems a little watered down this season is because we're looking at a we're basically looking at like the top six round of six. You got some good players in round of six, but like, you're right. Top three is like, that's rarefied fucking air. Those are solid players in a normal season. Here, you got some floaters still hanging. Just people who don't know the fucking game structure. Like, I think Johnny's kind of a floater.
1: Yeah. More of a, you know, second audience player. Totally. And Jason's saying, I'm more of a realist. hard for me to feel at ease with these cameras. And Gabby says, well, you know... If you don't feel like you really know me, how can you make this promise? And she goes off and she cries and she itms he's someone I always saw myself with from the beginning to hear this long, to wait this long to see how he feels hurts. Peace Me wanted him to play along for a second, but he can't. I'm surprised I kept that ITM in. Mm -hmm. And she says, I knew it was going to happen. She's talking to a masked producer and she ITMs maybe this love. We're not destined to be together portion five begins we get the continuation of the night portion of jason and gabby's fantasy suite and jason says i am excited about what we're building i'm excited if we get a chance so they're not they haven't broken up yet and they go back to dinner Gabby says, maybe I appeared because I upset because I really cared about you. I wasn't ready to say goodbye. And he says, let's get to know each other in an intimate, private Mm -hmm. way. And they go to the fantasy suite.
0: We got no fantasy suite card or key produced here. He preempted the fucking need for the actual card and key. I don't think I've ever seen that.
1: He's like, end my time on camera, please. Let's just go to the next portion.
0: Yeah, I don't need to read that. Let's go.
1: I've already been thought, thinking about it since Chris brought it up early on.
0: Yeah, so they go into the fantasy suite and she ITMs that he's especially guarded and one conversation with him really could change everything, but we get no implied consummation here whatsoever. No shot before we go to portion five. It's the morning. Uh, I, they have something that I've never seen before. A an opposite of implied consummation. Usually, they just don't do anything if there's not an implied consummation. Here, they give us these weird shots that culminate in a dead wasp and a glass of champagne. Did you see that shit?
1: Yes. I, that is the shot that we were referring to earlier. What?
0: Yeah. I've never seen anything like that.
1: I like this. I I like that they went for it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a horror movie vibe almost. But the bed is still made.
1: Yeah, The bed is not Slept in clearly.
0: Hey, everyone. Clearly, (laughs) dead wasp and champagne. Bed still made. You know what that means. Nothing happened here.
1: Not the full package. That's right. (laughs) That's the small dick bug. (laughs) (laughs) Gabby ITM's an explanation for all of this.
0: (laughs) The small dick bug is what that was. (laughs)
1: okay (laughs) gabby says waking up i'm hurt devastated last night with jason once we got behind closed doors we were talking in circles couldn't agree on how things were gonna go if we need more time she's crying and then they do this one last conversation and gabby's like when were you gonna tell me that i wanted to leave and give it space
0: and he keeps apologizing and she's like you don't need to apologize or say i'm an amazing person it doesn't lessen the blow she wants to be with someone who's ready to be with her No questions asked. And he says he was fighting for it. And she's like, no, fuck you. You weren't fighting for anything. You're following my lead because you were afraid that you were going to hurt her. He apologizes again. Again, don't apologize to me. I'm not looking for that. Uh, But I feel like I've been led on, which of course is the premise of the entire show, that the lead is leading on everybody except ultimately the ring winner. Um, But there's a certain kind of like victim play here. I think Gabby is trying to do. It comes across pretty well, though, I think. I think she does pull it off and uh, mm-hmm. she walks out to ponder. She ITMs feeling so stupid. Tears. She thought she knew him. Yeah, she
1: so crying in the elevator, and she ITMs, I tried so hard to not be reckless with people, and he was reckless with me. Great line. He never loved me. Not even that he didn't want an engagement. He didn't want to be with me. And she gets in this golf cart, which we have seen in a bunch of the promos. Is it me? What is it about me that's so hard to love? This is kind of like your Ben Higgins... Unlovable storyline. I am like, could she do a double bachelorette season? I was thinking that this whole time she's get giving herself a very strong victimization edit, and these guys weren't ready to propose. I don't know, but she itms. Am I too broken for anybody to love?
0: I'm curious. Do you think they would do that? Would you want to watch a Gabby Wendy season two? I am ready for something new. I I want this season Mm. to be done and to move on. We've learned a lot from it. Don't get me wrong. I will always appreciate this We've season. We've
1: all learned a lot. <laughs> no,
0: I'll always appreciate this season in the canon because it I think it proved the validity of the, the singular structure. It proved that that is a much better thing.
1: It was checking back in with the experimental era and we're over it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really was. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Anyway, Jason gets in the car. There is no exit speech here. And we begin portion six in the day. This is Rachel's third fantasy suite with Zach. It's a win in Rome fear factor. And Rekia gets ready for, uh, she's getting ready for this fantasy suite with Zach. We get a little video recap of her reel with her fantasy suite with Avon and Tino. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen this, but we haven't seen Rekia on a fantasy suite date in such a long time. Uh, Temporarily speaking, yes. not since last night, since the other fucking episode, that they have to put together a reel to remind us. Oh, yeah, remember this narrative arc that we were building that we just fucking have not paid attention to for a day. Oh God, it's just so poorly done. Again, we've learned things. We'll move on from this.
1: We've all learned a lot. Better.
0: Our game, our game will be better because of this season. I have to keep saying that and reminding myself.
1: <laughs> we all do. They go to a bar as part of this one in Rome date and there is a bartender there Carlos who is giving them tequila shots
0: Carlos the bartender who told our two players to drink the tequila like they were kissing it was my poor hey poor hey poor hey poor hey moreno bystander of the week this is how jorge moreno came into our lives he was the bartender in paradise and then he got bigger and bigger on that show until he went off did his own thing started his own tour guide business in the town where they shoot paradise
1: jorge's torres
0: jorge's torres and so The namesake of the award itself is now here being represented again by another fantastic bartender in what is arguably the most important round of the game.
1: They recap their hometowns. Zach, Rachel Recchia loves the style of his parents' home. And he says, Yeah, it was the go to hangout spot. My mom made so many meals, there were pizzas ordered. Oh, and my dad was at the grill, and Rachel Reckia calls his mom an angel. He plays up their parental longevity, marriage longevity. Oh, they're very much still in love after they did a 20-day road trip. I'm guessing he has been trying to like slot this as the storyline. Like, oh, my parents did a 20-day road trip. This is basically like that. Mm -hmm. They didn't fight once, and they're married almost 30 years. And Rachel says, my parents will be fighting the whole time. I mean, the way they communicate is raising their voices.
0: (laughs) I know. When he said that nobody in my family raises voice, I was like, weird. I wonder what that's like.
1: (laughs) Try to record a podcast without one doing it. Yeah,
0: exactly. He starts talking about his own voice. And there is a moment where he calls his own voice booming. And right before he says the word booming, he constructs his face into a kind of frowning, furled eyebrow face that was my... Face-play-of-the-game. P- 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 g- g-
1: I did not notice this, this face play, but Zach had a lot of great face play this episode. He was killing it.
0: He turned out to be, I think, the best face player this season.
1: They try on hats. Rachel's giving coastal grandma. They go to a store and eat grasshoppers. Rekki says, now you're going to buy me a ring. Interesting. Not going to say there's two pigeons. And <laughs> then they go. <laughs> I have it written in mine, too. <laughs> Why did I even write that?
0: Because you can't help it. That's where we're at now. We are fucking machines that are transcribing every word of dialogue and every fucking image. <laughs> Here
1: we are. Minutia minute.
0: Two people are are making identical, like thousand-long page notes documents that are everything they see in the show. Yeah. That's where we're at with it. Yeah, I know. It's a professional sport. People do that for those.
1: Yeah. People don't think that's weird. No,
0: they don't. They don't don't
1: call them comic book losers.
0: Does your boyfriend have a 5,000-page-long document of notes about the (gasps) bachelor? Apply to be on the show.
1: Does your girlfriend not know any fucking facts except things that are about the reality dating series that never even produces successful marriages? The Bachelor. <laughs> Is it all she talks about at parties? Oh, fucking Christ. Ditch ass. <laughs> Uh, I hope we see that, actually. The female... Yeah. The, the other version.
0: Is your boyfriend not giving you any more attention because he's watching The Bachelor? Get on the show! Make him pay attention to you! When you hang out with your boyfriend, do you draw in
1: dead bugs into all your drinks with all that <laughs> negative force field around it?
0: Your- anyway, apply be <laughs> on The Bachelor. Does your girlfriend put a small dick bug in your drink every <laughs> night? <laughs> <laughs> Your
1: girlfriend putting on different costumes to wear on her live streams? Anyway, they <laughs> continue this one in Rome, and they go and get <laughs> their tarot cards read. And this lady, the tarot card reader who tells Rachel Recchio her storyline for the next couple episodes was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week, 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 week. You know I am a sucker for a spirit guide bystander. I love them very much. My my new co-host of <laughs> my Game of Thrones soon to be obsessive podcast is also very into tarot and is a spirit guide. So. Some of my best friends are spirit guides is what I'm saying. Great. They then go dance with mariachis. Oh, but the spirit guide said, you're dwelling in the past. You don't need to remember that. You're shitting on Clayton too much this episode, but he loves you very much and a relationship will go very well. They dance with mariachis and the day date seems to be going well. And Rachel Reckett, ITMs, this is a lot harder than I ever thought. There's so much stress. How do I break up with one of these men? And we're never, ever seeing in one of these, no moment of, maybe I was wrong to continuously demonize Clayton now that I'm living his actual position.
0: She said at one point, in quotes, people can't even begin to understand how much stress I'm under. Mind you, there's a war in Ukraine right now. And yet this is the amount of stress that's unbelievable. Portion seven begins. Nighttime. He ITMs that he wants to be the one proposing to her at the end. So what was the shit with DLP? Wasn't he the one talking about how he doesn't know if he can get there with DLP? Or did I confuse him with fucking Jason? No. I confused him with Jason because they look so similar to me.
1: You did. (laughs) They're interchangeable.
0: (sighs) They really are. They get to the couch. They cheers to the mariachis. They discuss the tarot reading. And she tells him that she was a little bit off because of her fear of the past and hope he didn't recognize that. And she struggled with uh, the feeling she felt in Clayton's season, tainting her fantasy suite. Because this is the point in her journey where things started to go really bad. This whole front of their conversation is just about Clayton, Clayton, Clayton. He even tells her that he couldn't imagine what she went through because of Clayton. He's like, I know that guy was a real piece of shit. She's like, Clayton fucked everything up. He's like, I
1: watched it. He really fucking did. He was the villain. He says he did the worst thing a man can do. Clues, what do you think is the worst thing a man can do? Uh,
0: Murder, I would say, is is probably the worst thing any person can do. But there's a bunch of bad shit in between. I don't think what Clayton Ecker did at the Rose Ceremony from Hell is on the list of the top million.
1: It's uh, Homicide and Love Level 3 and all three of your contestants <laughs> on The Bachelor. <laughs> 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 For what is Love Level 4? He Love Level 4, love love level
0: four and three of them, and he consummated... Or no, Love Level 2? Love Level 3 and consummated all three, I think. I don't remember the numbers.
1: Love Level 3 or 4? Whatever. We don't know. But regardless of the number, it's not the worst thing a man can do, in my opinion. Same. They put up a do not disturb sign, another version of an implied consummation and that- Zach IDMs in the morning, I'm expecting to feel more in love with the future Mrs. Shall cross and he says she t- shall take my name.
0: That sign, A, I'm not sure that was them putting it out. That could have been a pickup later that producers Ooh. did. And I think they did it to give us the idea that, like, every this is like blast off, you know, this is fucking mm-hmm. all systems go, so that it's gonna have a little more dramatic turn later when things have fucked up.
1: Right. Yeah. A do not disturb sign is like, you, no one can go anywhere near this room. Yeah. Portion nine, a blue peacock cause two dragons. We got Rachel Reckia's fantasy suite three, portion three. The next morning with Zach, they are sitting on the porch, eating breakfast, having the the funniest conversation ever. Zach, a good cup of joe. Rachel, I think I've had better. Zach, I love when you could taste the beans. Rachel, like, chew them up. I'm ready for bed. I'm so tired. Zach, big night. Talked about a lot of things. Rachel, tough conversation. I'm glad you handled it well. Hopefully helped gain clarity. He says, lots to digest. Proposal right around the corner. I'm here for you. Hope we're on the same page. I think we are.
0: But like, what what they're saying there is that shit real? I still don't know what they fucking talked about in that fantasy suite. I still am like, who's telling the truth here? How much is being exaggerated? I have no fucking idea. So when they're sitting there saying tough conversation, you handled it well. Was there a tough conversation? Like, what did they fucking talk about? Because I feel like the producers are telling them to do this shit.
1: He said that they talked about the age.
0: Ultimately, that's what he said later. But that makes no fucking sense. They're the same age. But he's a guy.
1: Is he making that up? Guys. Are on a different timeline. So I didn't really believe that that was really against the
0: argument. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe it's true. I don't know.
1: Sound off in the comments.
0: He comes out of this morning portion in ITM uh, saying it's not what he expected. Tear play here. And they. he said that they had an important conversation about politics and religion. And, and yeah, she had this fear of readiness about the commitment. And then ultimately, Zach goes to do a knock-knock on DLP's door where he tells him uh, he's completely lost because she brought up this thing about him being 25, and he thinks that she wasn't showing her true self through the whole season, and he talks about that how he was praying.
1: Have we ever seen a, a player tattle on the lead to
0: the Dark Lord? No, but I will say what I saw here was my... Play, 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 play of the game. Zach Shallcross pulling what I'm going to call the Shallcross 180 took this entire (laughs) playoff round away from Tino. Tino had it fucking wrapped up. He was the MVP of the playoffs until Shallcross does the Shallcross 180 right here. He not only... Ultimately, is going to make the entire fantasy fantasy suite round about him. He's now making the fucking finals about him. He stole it all right out from under fucking Tino's nose. This plays beautiful. And what I'm saying is, I don't fucking know what they talked about. I don't know if he's lying here. I don't know if she's lying. I don't know what the truth is. But whatever he's doing right here, talking about this thing, oh, she fucking you know didn't like my age, and I didn't see the real her. That is. You're really condemning the bash. You're trying to make her a villain now that she's been fake with you the whole time.
1: This is Andy Dorfman, Juan Pablo status conversation saying "Uh, things are going great until the fantasy suite.
0: Absolutely. Uh, It's a 4 TWR attack against a lead, which is virtually impossible to do. He's at least doing it in quotes here. I don't know if it's going to be successful, but like it's going to get enough screen time for him to be the star of the fucking show next week, at least for the first half of it.
1: Look, it's a it's a great play. I thought Rachel Recia's love level for I mean, Tino's love level for extraction was stronger. But I do respect the Shallcross cross 180. It is an a fascinating play
0: <laughs> for sure. And that's what I'm saying. You're playing a game like Avon through this round. Just a straight, like, I'm here for you. I love you. I've raised my love levels in the proper order at the proper times. We have a good time. No problems with me. You're gonna like be there. Yeah, it's enough to get you where you are, but like that's not a bachelor move. This is a fucking bachelor move. All eyes on me. It's my show now. Here's what it's like if I'm your lead. Avan's not giving Fre- them that opportunity to cut like massive narrative around him.
1: Right. They both had pretty 4TRR runs up until now. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely differentiating him and being like, I'm actually more 4TRR than even the lead.
0: Yes. You have to have an obstacle in the playoffs. You have to set yourself up with something to overcome. If you don't, what the fuck am I watching? You're just walking around like smiling a lot. You got to give us some fucking drama.
1: (laughs) He calls her unauthentic sometimes. He's like, stuff she's saying or the tone? And he's saying, the major concern of my age, you're 26, a couple months older. I'm blindsided by that with proposals around the corner. Last thing I expected, thought I saw my future with this woman. When I was there, it was hard to rationalize what was going on. I was praying Christian invocation yeah. because I thought I had something. I'm gut punched and not feeling it at all. He is upping the victimization if he is broken up with DLP. I'm so sorry, our sweet DLP. He's playing an STCO for Zachy. <laughs> oh
0: God, I, I can't. I can't even like fucking indulge it in my mind. The strange relationship you have with DLP
1: is—he's <laughs> just empathetic, an empathetic king.
0: Okay, <laughs> he's lying to these people's faces for a fucking paycheck. Portion nine. Gabby's in bed journaling.
1: (laughs) Empathetic king, dark lord liar, potato and potato. (laughs) Anyway, uh, DLP says she needs to see this side of you. I was like, she needs to see you fucking cry. He, by the way, has brought a a hanky to wipe his tears. He he came into the conversation crying. Yeah. I don't know if that was an edit, but he was... Came in with wet face.
0: I don't know either. Maybe just a good player.
1: That's good producing. That is. Or he's a good player. Portion 10 or 9.
0: I don't know. It might be 10. I don't know either. I I was like punch drunk at the end of this.
1: (gasps) Wait, you missed DLP casting card. Oh, shit. He says, I'm going to whisper this once and only once. You can do better and everyone knows it.
0: I can't believe they're making him say this. What was the whisper implying that the boyfriend is asleep on the couch next to you and DLP has a a quick moment to impart this? Come on. That guy's a piece of shit. Look, he fell asleep during your favorite show. No one who loves you is even
1: around you right now. (laughs) You're settling. You're settling. And everyone thinks you're a fucking loser for settling. You're the only...
0: Piece of shit still awake watching this show. Everybody else has lives fulfilling enough to tucker them out by now.
1: Guess we're going to have to go back to the comic store, comic book store for some of that. Friends with benefits. I guess, you know, we always saw ourselves getting married, but, you know, the years weigh on you, and now you've got a cat, and you're kind of comfortable just watching The Bachelor alone out of earshot of anyone.
0: Your boyfriend's asleep on you next to the couch, and I know you can smell the cat shit in that litter box. He hasn't taken it out because he's just pulled a double shift at the comic book store. Now's the time for you to (laughs) sign up to be on The Bachelor. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags, and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're gonna have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. quince.com slash roses. who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge, who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious, award-winning varieties, from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days, with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus... Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses.
1: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at (laughs) byheart.com. I can't believe they made him whisper all of that. (laughs) Gabby is in bed journaling next to a little Buddha itm I'm ready to be done. Eric's the only man I have left. I say goodbye to the others. I'm scared I could leave here alone. Eric ponders, a dream rapture sways. Avon gets dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes like a hawk. Eyes like a hawk on the screen. <laughs> Avin <laughs> ITMs, I'm love level three. Lover as a person. Seer with myself in the future. Getting married, having kids. Loading that precog. Tino gets dressed. Tino itm my. Fantasy Suites went flawlessly. It was perfection, but it's still Rachel Reckia's choice. He's starting to get a little villain at it, I hear, I feel. Rachel Reckia ponders it in. I will say a, she looks gorgeous in this red gown. Rose Ceremony, even though he has already said to... Zach has already said to DLP, I want to talk to her before Rose Ceremony. Nevertheless, Rose Ceremony starts. A gold card delivers Zach to the Rose Ceremony. He doesn't get this second knock-knock that he
0: wanted nobody does it's at the rose ceremony
1: yeah he has to do it as a Hail Mary not a knock knock
0: yeah I guess that's true I mean that dramatically is, is it is different and I think that that's the producers are doing it because they have no drama
1: at rose ceremony it feels more desperate Zach says the sadness is kind of overwhelming before she offers roses I want to talk to her he says this as DLP greets him he's like yep I know you need that clarity good luck with that <laughs> Zach enters this pompous grass heaven. Itming, I thought love was building. It was something I was buying into. Again, this implication that Rachel Recia has swindles him. DLP greets Aven. Aven, we talked about some really good stuff. Aven, come on. DLP, are you love level three? Hey, I am love level three. I know, big. Even says sup to Zach, who nods. Even says it's hot. (laughs) Zach, cooking. DLB greets (laughs) T-Note. I like just reading my exact notes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ultimately, all these guys show up. And meanwhile, we see... Thank
1: you. uh,
0: So, I mean, mine are pretty crazy too. But the rose ceremony is about to start. Zach ITMs, what was that Rachel I was getting? She takes the podium. She comes out with a big smile on her face and says, I had the most wonderful week with all three of you. And uh, I feel like at this point, they're giving her a little (laughs) bit of a villain edit because we've got Zach feeling like, oh, shit, I didn't see the real Rachel. And they're just like making her super smiley and like, look, am I putting on a fake attitude? Is this really me? Hundred fucking percent. They're
1: making Rachel Reckie a smiley as hell.
0: And she tells DLP when she walks up too that is like, it all went great. Every guy was amazing. So they're making her seem like nothing's wrong here. And he says you have a beautiful smile. <laughs> yeah. And Reck- and Zach's world is crumbling. So he's literally they got a shot of this motherfucker watching her hand. He waits until her fingers are a millimeter from the first rows of the rose ceremony. He's like, can I talk to you for a second? The producers have told him to do that. He's literally watching and waiting for it to happen before he steps forward. The producers say, You could talk to her. Wait until she's right about to pick up the first rose. Literally wait till like the last second. Yes. Oh, they told him to do it. Uh
1: <laughs> Dark Lord Palmer asks if Rachel Reckia wants a proposal at the end. Rachel says, Hoping so. DLP says, I do have to tell you, Gabby's not joining us at the rose ceremony. You're the only bachelorette here. It's all about you. You forged your own path and journey. He adds on these fanciful phrases to explain this. Gabby's on her journey. Don't worry about it. He's literally hiding the truth of Gabby not being there in order to add more pain. So she can walk this path of pain alone. Meanwhile, Rachel Reckia is like, did she quit? Like, what is happening? Wants to know what's going on with her best friend.
0: Yeah, you're not going to get that information. He doesn't even tell her. He's just like, she won't be here. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's absurd. And they did this again with the uh, the COVID thing with Logan. Logan is not going to be here anymore. And they don't tell him it's fucking COVID. Don't worry about it. It's just like this unnecessary making people anxious at every turn, like at every possible thing they can do. And it is not necessary here.
1: I don't think I'm ever going to forget about Logan's
0: COVID. <laughs> that storyline I don't think anybody's going to Logan's COVID is going to be one of the major things this season's remembered for I think because it's the only time in the history of the game that's happened so far it'll always be the first
1: Rachel Rickett joins the rose ceremony says hi guys most wonderful week with all three of you and Zach visibly rolls his eyes and does this hail Mary Rachel can we speak and Tina goes why Avon? oh my god gabby is pondering on the dock okay wait what there's a hail mary now we're back to gabby why
0: i wrote down uh definitely you should deflate all narrative movement by building it up and then abandoning it that was my note here is like they have this fucking crazy moment where oh god zach's like no wait i need to talk to you the other two guys are pissed oh sure what about oh my god we've built this whole fucking thing to this apex of him being like i can't uh move forward because i don't think you're really showing me who you are I'm, I'm issuing a 40 wr attack not only do we not get to see it resolved they build it up to the moment like the guy unsheaths his sword and then is just like no fuck that forget about it and now we have to go see what gabby's doing portion 10 begins with zach getting ready for the rose ceremony he itm's feeling scared about how she's feeling about my eric oh my <laughs> god i've written zach all through it It's Zach, Eric, Jason. They're all the same guy. I'm telling you. I I cannot keep them straight in my fucking head. But, uh, so it's Eric, sorry. getting ready for the fucking rose ceremony. And he's ITM being scared. Gabby does a knock-knock on him. They hug. She explains she's been learning a lot about herself. Blah, blah, blah. They sit down. And essentially, we don't know what's going to happen here. Is she going to uh, eliminate him and be on her own? Or is she going to accept him and get over whatever their beef was? And indeed, that's what happens. She says it's hard for her to trust so much, um, but he's taught her how she wants to be treated and it's hard for her to take things at face value. She says you're the only one left and she knows that she loves him. That's an LL4. He LL4s back. Bunch of kisses. This is essentially a finale for her and Eric. We don't need to see the final rose ceremony. I- they will make them go through the, the pomp of it, though. This
1: is my biggest problem, though. Why not do a rose ceremony? Is it because they're going to... They don't want to spoil the finale rose ceremony.
0: Also, also, this is just the wrong choice. They've chosen to end this story here and cliffhang us on the Rekia story when it should have been the other way around. They should have played out the... Uh, who is that guy? Zach? Eric, Jason, Johnny, Zach, and Which Rekia. One? They should have played out Zach and Rekia's uh, Hail Mary to the end here. They should have given us a full Rekia rose ceremony so that we can move into the finals knowing who it's going to be. Because now we're going to have to waste 10 or 15 minutes of the finals on uh, wrapping up this fucking fantasy suite rose ceremony.
1: Because they need it, because they have a four-hour finals.
0: But they could have concluded the Zach thing and then Cliff hung us with um, Gabby. Is she going to get rid of Eric or not? That's a, a, a shorter narrative line to get.
1: I was, like, confused. I was like, maybe she is going to break up with Eric. I fell for it.
0: Right. I think that's a strong enough cliffhanger to end your fantasy suite week on. But we know that her fantasy suites are already over. So that narrative thread is like, it's complete. You gotta complete that same one for Rekia, in my opinion.
1: Well, it doesn't look like it is complete. We shall see. But... They love level 4 and I am mad through this whole conversation that they did it in this couch room as opposed to at a beautiful location. Yeah. I still don't get. It. She's wearing the outfit. He has his outfit ready. Just it annoyed me. I guess it's cuz they some plan they have in the future. I don't know. But they are like, "You're the best thing this ever happened to me. Oh my gosh, you never made me ask for those things. I needed to process it." <laughs> she says no point having a rose ceremony it's just you and i disagree he likes the sound of it though and she itms he's definitely the love of my life all the arrows and stars pointing straight to him and he picks her up we get the shot of a windmill and then we cut back to the rose ceremony from hell rachel Reckia is holding hands with zach on this hail mary i swear she looks at the camera here and Aven says to Tino, he looked pretty upset. And Tino's like, interesting. Guess he saw it as now or never. More gameplay from Tino.
0: And they really do seem to be trying to recreate the Clayton Eckerd rose ceremony from hell for Rekia. They seem to have tried to put all those same pieces in place, to in my opinion, to see if they could actually generate it again. Um, and we're seeing it all deconstruct here. We don't know what's going to happen next week. We don't get the end of that rose ceremony. We cut to a commercial and then we come back for portion 11. We're back in Los Angeles. We see the Warner Brothers lot and we see DLP standing on a set that is being constructed for the After the Final Rose, the live finale. And he tells us he knows we want to see what happens next, but we're not going to see it tonight. Things have been so emotional and dramatic that we thought it was right to prepare ourselves for the shocking events that are about to take place that will change Gabby and Ricky's lives forever. And he says it's coming next week. You're going to have to Tune in, and everyone will be there live, and we're going to watch it all unfold. And that's that. Fuck you very much. This <laughs> this cliffhanger by
1: Dark Lord Palmer in the gray, deaded studio was my wowy mm-hmm. moment, moment of the, of the week. week. I just sometimes I feel like this show is punching me in the face and being like, take it. And this scene felt a little bit like that. You know, obviously, like, put some nice lights on on the angel.
0: Dark Lord Palmer. Don't even have it. Give us another minute and a half of the document. Conclude the rose ceremony. I don't need to see fucking Dark Lord Palmer sitting in a half built studio saying, I'm going to talk for two and a half minutes to let you know (laughs) that you're not going to see anything else right now. But, I mean, this whole season, it's like, for having two fucking leads, they sure did waste a lot of fucking time in the document.
1: Oh, roasted. Thank you. Hey, I forgot to do my face play of the week. Mm. Zach, when he is doing this knock-knock with DLP to tattle on Rachel Recchia being inauthentic and performing tear play during this conversation. He tugs at his lip while looking up glossy-eyed, and that was my face play of the game.
0: That was a good one. Uh, then at the end of this whole thing, we get a teaser for next week. Gabby wants to leave. Rekia tries to take the high road. Someone is shattering everything she was promised. Tino wants out. They're about to be engaged to their dream guys. We see the meeting of the family. Grandpa John, we see someone was unsure there would be an engagement. Someone changed the story. Avan is yelling at her, she says. Zach went back against what he said. Zach doesn't want to get engaged. He wants to date. Gabby's unlovable. Somebody's lying straight to Rachel's face. She wants an answer next Tuesday night. And we get the tag. It's Zach and Rachel talking about how she believes she is uh, looks very much like the children from the Renaissance paintings that they saw in Amsterdam. And then he admits to thinking that Renaissance children are hot. Who was your MVP?
1: <laughs> For his love level four and extracting his love level four from Rachel Rackia Tino was my... M-M-M-M-V-P.
0: Mm. Tino, as I said, was my MVP until the Shoukrosh 180. Zach Showcroft <laughs> was my... M-M-M-M-V-K. I just think the man dominated the late rounds of fantasy suites here to make everything about him. He cliffhanged for us uh, on a Hail Mary that was given to him by producers. I don't know what's going to happen next week, but he's got the first quarter of the fucking episode guaranteed. Now, I know there's two finale right? Days though, right? And they're a week apart. I mean,
1: there were two fantasy suites date uh, episodes. So I feel like maybe there's a recency bias here because Tino dominated the one before and even didn't even get his full fantasy suite date because they were cutting back to Tino's
0: concerns. Yeah, maybe it is a little bit of that. You could be right. I just think Shalcross pulling that 180 is a harder move. Tino's been kind of like mm-hmm. making good. Move steady climb for sure. And he's like, here's a little problem, let me solve it. Here's a little problem, let me solve it. He's that type of player, you know. Like, all right, I can I can handle this. I can handle this. Shall cross is like, I'm going straight for trr until the very fucking end. And then I'm gonna do the Shall Cross 180 and come out the other (laughs) side a fucking victim. That is high level shit. He's setting himself up to be the bachelor. Tino is not. Tino is yep, you're gonna be a high-level paradise player. Shallcross is saying, give me the fucking crown. Look what I can do.
1: I mean, I think Tino is going for a ring, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, both excellent players. Indeed. It was uh, an honor to recap this one with you clues.
0: As always, an honor <laughs> for me as well. And everybody, again, should go check out HBO Lax if you're watching uh, Dragontown USA, a.k.a. The Dragon Game. AKA, what is that fucking show called? Do not know it. House of the Dragon. (laughs) House of the Dragon. Fuck. I don't know why that doesn't stick in my brain ever. It's just dragons. (laughs) If you're watching the show on HBO Max, you got to be listening to Lizzie and Catherine Dudas recapping it.
1: Guy with a dragon tattoo.
0: I do have a dragon tattoo.
1: Thank you so much, Clues. You can follow it on HBO Lax Pod on most of your parasocial. Arenas.
0: And right now, if you want to go check out a little video we made of um our excursion to Villa de la Vina, the bachelor mansion, you can go to patreon.com/gameofroses and check out a little video that we have in there that's pretty funny. It has some funny bits for it. Yes. Sure. It was a very crazy fucking experience. We'll be talking more about it this Friday on this week in Bachelor Nation. Join us for that.
1: It was a true pilgrimage to the holy lands and yeah we will probably i'm assuming it'll have a lot of parts on our twibbon. <laughs> state of the game <laughs> screams for sure definitely some screaming
0: yeah. it's just an hour of us reminiscing about something we did two days ago but thank you everyone for joining us <laughs> thank you for uh also continuing to watch the show i know it goes through its ups yes. it goes through its downs but for, I think, well, I know for us, but I think for, like, most people who are, like, at this level of fandom with it, we're gonna watch every season, and I don't Mm -hmm. mean my my criticism of this season to be a negative thing, because it's not. It simply is where the game is at, and again, I think massive positive things come from this season moving forward. I'm very excited to see what happens in season 27. Um, Very excited. So...
1: (laughs) Love that. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's going to be a very good season. It starts shooting in a couple of weeks. I cannot wait to see the results. And before we go, as always, what is that Dwa bat?
1: It has been 7,471 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark
0: Lord Pod. Please review this podcast Please get a friend to listen to us And then